Welcome to Me and Mary Jane with your host, Patricia A. Patton. So hello everyone, this is Patricia A. Patton, and I'm here today with Robert Tankson, generally called Rob Tankson, I'm told, and we are continuing our series of conversations with people smarter than me. So I'm really excited about this because um, Rob is a serial entrepreneur, he is an angel investor, and he's the co-founder and COO of Presto Doctor, which is a leading telemedicine company that connects patients seeking medical cannabis cards with compassionate licensed doctors across the United States. So um, I want you to tell me about this, how you actually looked at the landscape and figured since this started in 2015, how to read what the change and how you might be able to get in it, you know, in this particular way. Plus, you're not only in it, but you've already sold this company, or let's say you have an, another investor. So you have upped the game in a way that most people don't even understand how to do. So, yeah. And, uh, first of all, thanks for, for having me. Um, definitely a pleasure to be here. Um, but as far as, you know, the journey with Presto Doctor, we, we launched the company in 2015. At the time, we were just, you know, just in the California market. So basically anyone inside the state of California needed a medical card. At the time, it wasn't really like a convenient way and place to get it. And also wasn't like most places that you went to weren't really concerned about giving you like true medical treatment. They were more so just just interesting in getting you a card, getting as many people in and out as possible. And so we wanted to kind of bring more professionalism to it. So, so which is interesting because uh, I'm a medical patient in the state of New Jersey mm-hmm. and um, the whole process, well, first of all, I am too old to not have a medical card. I was too paranoid to be trying to do something without having the paperwork to block me, back, back me up. But I was kind of surprised that my gatekeeper doctor who is responsible for my quote unquote care associated with um, cannabis, he isn't really, a, I mean, he's a doctor, but he's not really involved in my care whatsoever. So I'm just wondering, are most people, um, ha- do they have high expectations for what this really is? Or, you know, is your company actually making recommendations that are personalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a great question too. You know, like just like you, a lot of people, you know, they may go to their doctor. A lot of people are actually not comfortable going to the doctor because they don't want to be judged. Um, but you know, even if you are comfortable going, sometimes your doctor, I'm not sure in your case, but sometimes doctors don't really know much about the plant. They haven't been taught this in medical school. And a lot of them don't really do their own independent research. And so when it's something that they've always been taught through throughout medical school and you know, throughout like life, like, like, you know, that something is so bad, it's, it's something that they're really slow to, to kind of educate themselves on unless there's like a lot of people really demanding it. And so what we do on the presser doctor side is we recognize that. And so we 
hire doctors that are like, um, you know, trained on cannabis, like the effects that it has on, you know, with drug interactions, let's say you're getting off of harmful opiates and you want to use cannabis as a natural solution, our doctors can kind of like wean you like off of the prescription meds and kind of set you up with the cannabis regimen. And um, I think you mentioned earlier, like really kind of providing true care. One thing that we kind of take pride in is, is that we provide a treatment plan with every patient. So once you get done with the appointment, you get a treatment plan. You know, you can't give a legal prescription, but a treatment plan is as close as you can possibly get. It's like, what types of cannabis, how many times a day, um, you know, just as just, just close to as, as we can get to a prescription without giving the prescription, basically. Also, I like, outlines everything. So in the business model, then, you guys create, like, I just took this class at uh, Kellogg, you know, one of NYU's um, sprint classes for two weeks, and they're talking about platform models, and Mohan Shani taught that class about how to create a platform. So I'm trying, that's how I was trying to understand what you did. So initially your co-partner creates a platform that has the ability to hold medical information. See, I don't even understand how to, I'm smart, but I, you know, I can't work it out like that. It's like moving furniture in space for me. Mm -hmm. I don't do that very well either, but he creates a platform that allows you to talk to people in different states. So I guess my question is, can a, one of your doc, if I live in New Jersey, would I have to talk to a doctor who's licensed in New Jersey in order to get what I needed? Exactly that. So, you know, because we operate entirely online, so we're a telemedicine company. And so what that means is that we have to adhere to telemedicine laws and you know, it, it, it's it's a situation where like you're in New Jersey, right? So to yeah. get a Jersey card, you have to have a doctor licensed in Jersey. He doesn't actually, ha- he or she doesn't ha- have to actually physically be there. They right. can be in like Florida, like Illinois, wherever, but as long as they have that license. And so a lot of our doctors, what they do is they'll, you know, they have multiple licenses. So let's say a doctor's license in, you know, California, Illinois, and New York, they can see patients in all three. Um, and again, just these doctors are, are highly trained in cannabis as well. So. So, so right now, in terms of the business, you have how many states do you guys operate in? So right now we operate in eight states, um, and we're going to be launching a few more this year. So currently, those states are California, Illinois, Oklahoma, Nevada, Missouri, New York, and Pennsylvania, um, and we'll be launching more pretty soon. Now, not New Jersey yet, but it's definitely on our list. Okay, so so what's the plan then? Like in your mind, you know, um, you guys are, well, you have the primary, you have the, the uh, what is the word, majority ownership uh, with, but you're in partnership with Cannabis Sativa L, is that the company that, mm-hmm. and so what are they in the business of doing? Oh, wait a minute, I remember, I looked. They're in the business of eating people like you guys. <laughs> Yep, exactly. They're, they're like a large holding public, publicly traded holding company. And so, you know, they, what, what they'll do, like, for, for example, with us, we, you know, we were actually looking for a normal investment, not to be acquired. And so, you know, when they came along, we weren't having the best luck, you know, just with traditional investors because, you know, it's medical marijuana. And at the time, 2015, 2016, it wasn't like, no one wanted to touch it, you know, because it was so much regulation around it. But these guys came in, Cannabis Sativa, um, you know, made us a pretty good deal. It was an eight-figure deal. Um, and in 2020, like August 2017, we closed the deal. And then from there, you know, we were able to 
um, use money to expand and grow the company a lot. So, you know, at the time we we're only in California and Nevada. Right after that, we launched New York. And then, you know, since then we've, we've been in uh, like five other states. So you were in Silicon Valley. So I'm assuming that's where you learned how to do this because it's like this past, I just wish I was like 25 years younger just so I could play that game. So I could go to Silicon Valley and play this game completely, but I'm not gonna be able to do it quite like that. So it's like, I didn't really know how you do that. Like you come up with an idea, you create a, a, a business that has a good possibility of making money and then you raise money in a seed mm -hmm. phase to to set up get it to the next level mm -hmm. now you're from chicago right from chicago originally yep so so how did you learn how to do this so the like the actual like uh development like the website development uh, my business partner kyle he, he's a, um, a pretty experienced silicon valley uh software engineer and so, so he built the whole back end, front end, like like the whole website. Uh, like he did a great job building that, and then making updates throughout the years. It's like you know, people come on, you know, they'll say certain things, and we'll update this. Doctors will say certain things, we'll update that. So you know, it's to a point now where I think about ninety five percent of people get through without even talking to support. They just talk to the doctor. But as far as like my skill set, um, like I'm more on like the business side, the finance side, marketing side. Um, you know, before this, I was doing Wall Street stuff. Uh, I was an analyst on Wall Street um, and then also working in tech and Google kind of like as an analyst as well. So he's kind of more on like the building side. I'm more like, like the business side. We definitely work well together. Sounds like a, you know, perfect marriage, really, you know, especially if you guys get along and creatively um, it's something that works for you. I noticed on your, really on your, your, mail page i think you have a quote an adox Huckley quote that says what does it say it says something like things happen let me see hold on one second i have it here if i can find it i have it here um experience is not what happens to you it is what you do with what happens to you so that's what you say right so are you finding that that's really the case in the cannabis arena? What, what, I mean, there's so many moving parts. For me, I feel there's so many moving parts and there's so many places to be to hear different people's opinion about what's going on. So some of it has to be closed out. I find that there's just too much, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's pretty right. You know, that quote is, is more of just kind of like, it's motivational for me and like, in a sense, just really like taking ownership, taking responsibility, just like being able to take advantage of certain situations. But I will say with, with our, our company, we did definitely get lucky because a lot of friends, a lot of people I know in the industry, you know, that are, like I say, speaking to investors, it, it's hard because like they're still really hesitant because of like the, you know, it's a little easier now because like, as you know, dispensaries were, were like deemed essential services during the pandemic, which really like made a lot of people a lot more comfortable. But, you know, before then, it's just like people that, you know, look like us, unfortunately, don't have those connections and, and aren't really able to, you know, meet those investors. And so that's definitely like, you know, uh, an issue in the industry. I have personally a real interest in, um, you know, sharing all the things that I've taught myself and, you know, my gift of actually being able to talk to different people and decode problems. 
but I really feel I really feel that I need to share that with at the community level because most of the people that I talk to are people like you or people who are doctors or people who actually have businesses but there's not much opportunity for community people or I don't know regular people whatever the word is but people like me and you who are not chasing this thing you know trying to make something of it to really understand how to incorporate it into their lives and I think it's really important that that happened before everything is just pushed into the CVS and the Walmart and the dollar store and what have you so um I was interested to see that you have like a sense of values when it comes to what you think about leadership and your role um, in the industry. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that we take pretty seriously. Like being, we were actually the first to do what we do. Like we we're the first to do telemedicine and cannabis. And so because of that, we've taken like pride in becoming like just like not only thought leaders in this space, but also like hiring the best people that we can hire. Like, um, cause it really makes a difference in, in the experience that people have for sure. Well, I agree. I hope that you're not somebody who is ages, you know, because when you be, well, think about it like this. I know you love your mother and you love your father, et cetera, and your aunts and uncles and everything, but the industry is run. I'm making a pitch now, but the industry <laughs> is run by, uh, mostly people, primarily males, primarily white, uh, right around 40 years of age, average, who are kind of driving what happens. And they're primarily, they're the face of it in any case, even if the money people are 20 years older or whatever, you know? And I think when it comes to how to get the message out to folk, that something's being missed in that area because it's either... Uh, let's let's talk to the mommies. Let's talk to the stoners. Even though the data says that people over fifty-five are spending lots of money in dispensaries, you know. So even though we are stigmatized by the war on drugs, you know, poverty, racism, inequity, we're still opening up to to um, that kind of conversation. Have you all made any? Uh, plans for reaching larger segments of the population with your business? Yeah, so um, as far as like reaching larger segments, um, some of the things we've done like before the pandemic, we used to do a lot of events. Like obviously like our, our business is entirely online, but sometimes you it's better to like take that technology and still do those appointments, but do them on site with people so they can have that experience. They can see like, you know, they, they can see, hey, I can do this at home next time. Or like, like I have a friend that needs a car, they can do this at home. Um, and, and so we've done since 2015, we've done about 115 events. Uh, obviously that slowed down in the last year, but um, we picked them back up in Oklahoma now. We've got some going in Missouri and we call them basically patient drives. It'll be like an event, patients will come sign up. It'll be a partnership with dispensaries. And what that does is it really promotes like, not just the business, but it promotes like education, it promotes like cannabis wellness. It lets people know that this is a serious thing and, and they can actually talk to a doctor about it and, and not, they have more support than just in a butt tender. But, so are you guys doing that you go, you're doing that online. Uh, so, so we, we, you we, go to the dispensary uh, to do it. So, so we, we partner with dispensaries, and so like, like right now in Oklahoma, for example, I think uh, this weekend we have um, we have a brand ambassador that you know represents our brand. They're local to Oklahoma. They go out to the dispensary. They bring like you know some iPads, 
um, so that doctors can talk to patients virtually. They oh, also nice. have like computers so they can sign up. So basically, we ship them all the technology. They represent us in that market. And so it's almost like like doing the appointments, but doing them on site at different dispensaries and rotating that every weekend. And sometimes we do like events like we in the past, we've done like high times cannabis cups. So any, anything we can do to like not only like like get patients access, which is our main goal, but also just spread education as well and just make it like the access real easy. So that's great. I mean, I think that's that's good. I because I noticed just this year, I had my first telemedicine appointment myself this year. Oh, nice. And then I also had um, I noticed on um, next door neighbor, um, you know, people talk on that online thing in your neighborhood, and there were long segments where people were forced really to have telemedicine appointments and folks found quite frankly that they were more pleased with those than visiting their doctors because I mean I don't know about you but I can't remember the last time a doctor examined me I mean basically the nurse comes in asks questions puts it in the machine then the doctor comes in and talks to me so you got to be slick you got to have a list of your questions when you go in because you know you got 20 minutes that's it you know so in terms of the business proposition for uh the company does the do you make your money from the doctor or do you make your money um managing that process yeah so for us like how we make money is you know the appointment fee is different in every state right so let's say oh i see and, 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 and it depends on like the supply and demand like in california for example is the lowest price because there are a lot of doctors that do it and just the market price is is, is lower so we charge 50 dollars there whereas in, in um you know new york we charge 140. um so we collect the, the amount presto doctor does um the doctors get you know a certain percentage um and then we take the rest that helps us kind of run the business and also market the business to keep the patient flow consistent um we have about 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 40, 40, 50% of our patients that have gotten cars in the past, they usually renew and that's in every state. And so, you know, it's right now it's rolling on like, what is that, um, six years. And so we, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll keep expanding states. So uh, we make more money as we expand states, um, you know, as we market and get more patients per state. And so just really, you know, focus on, you know, not just growing the business, but really growing that we care. Like it's really important to us, um, like the patient experience. Like one thing we take pride in is we have, I think 16, 70,000 reviews online and they're like 99% of them are like five-star reviews. And it's something we take very, very serious. Like anytime we get a review that's not five stars, we reach out and make sure the patient's happy. We want to know what's going on because we want to, you know, just have them, have everyone have a good experience basically. So that's even, I hadn't even thought about that. The renewal, you got that rundle going, you know, mm -hmm. that whole Amazon like rundle going so that you don't even have to like chase the money that way. But I think I read something else. You guys have something else on top of that. that I hadn't ever heard of it before. It's not Stripe, but it's something uh, called, what is it called? Is it clear or something to that effect? Where your, um, it's like a credit card of sorts? Um, not, well, as far as like processing goes, we, 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 we do like online processing. We, we don't have a, a credit card. I think, I think actually what you're, you're talking about is we do extra extra uh like upgrades so for example in most states um outside of california um we help pay patients with the paperwork and then they submit the paperwork to the state and that's how they get their state card but in california 
um, patients can actually get a card from us, like a Presto Doctor uh, medical card. And so we do, well, we ship those out and we also do expedited shipping with those. That's probably what you saw maybe. Like yes. Card. Yes. Yeah. So let, let's talk a minute about, um, you know, normalizing medical cannabis. I just popped off of a clubhouse uh, conversation that Akim was having a few minutes ago about, you know, like normalizing this whole conversation beyond THC, you know? So, and it, it's interesting because I, I can see why in terms of marketing, you know, everybody talks, you know, spent so much time on CBD because one, it was legal, you could slide it in. And then two, you know, you didn't really, you know, you, you could tell people, oh, you, you won't get high, you know? Uh, so people in my cohort or people who are kind of curious and concerned about losing control or not knowing what the experience would be like, are, we're very much, you know, concerned about THC, but now I see the change happening just from 2017 to now in terms of how we're beginning to talk about it as professionals that we have to talk about seed to outcome, not just seed to sale. Like it, the, the product has to go in the ground, come out and then deliver efficiently to the consumer or to the patient, you know? How do you think we're going to be able to normalize this conversation, particularly around, um, you know, populations? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't even think we can say it's around population. Yeah, no, maybe it is. I'm back and forth about that. Because when I think about populations of color, we don't really know what we think. We just think what we have learned over time that there's something wrong with it. You know, so how are we going to normalize that? Yeah, so it's like, well, first of all, it's like, is that it's that stigma, right? It's people that look like us um, that unfortunately have that negative history. Um, I'll use I use my my family for example, right? My my uncle, um, my dad had had runners with the law because of it, and you know, some people in my family's like lives have been ruined. It's, it's, it's not a fair thing. It's something that you know, like you say, people forty years you're a white man, I'm making a lot of money off this right now. And it's like, it's ruined family. So even even going back, let's say we were to like, you know, they're expunging records, they're doing this and doing that. You know, it does look better going forward, but you still can't like, let's say that, like that kid that hates his, his, his father because he uses weed when he was younger because it was an illegal thing. You, 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 you can't take that back. Yeah. Certain things you can't take back, right? But but you you, you can like right the wrongs and like you can't right the wrongs really either, but, but it's like, it's like, what it does, I think it, it kind of starts the healing process. Um, it it's that stigma will slowly start to fade, but it's still like, you know, like like my mother told me growing up, like, like, you know, I, I was almost scared to to touch or tell her about the industry because like even though she's my mother, even though I'm an adult, it's like you have that history, right? And, right. and it's like you we need to break that stigma, which is gonna take time. Um and then also I think the other thing that makes it more normalized is uh, it's silly because we can't do research right now because the federal government won't allow it. So it's like we, we can't find out things are good because we can't do research. It's just, it's just like catch 22. But once research is available, whether it's in other countries like Canada starting to really ramp up, um, 
Israel's been doing a lot of research. I, I hear Australia's gonna do a lot. So once that research is online, then I think it'll make it so doctors will kind of look at it in the future as a first choice versus now, you know, like it, it's unfortunately patients that come to us sometimes it's like, this is the last option. I've tried everything. I'm about to like, I'm on my last leg. Well, I have nothing else to, to lose. So, so right. I, I definitely want to see it normalized in the sense that it's the first option, not, not the last. Yeah. I think that was part of the reason that I felt, um, I felt compelled to kind of move forward. It's like, if, if it's so good and it's good for you at the end of life, then when, you know, shouldn't you have it before that? I mean, why wait to the, to your end of life to have access to that? And my thought really is just, I mean, I'm not even saying um, consume or not consume. I'm saying you should have a choice. Yep. You know, you, you should be able to choose for yourself how you want to integrate it or if you don't want to integrate it, you know, but at some point um, you come to realize that what you think may not be your own thoughts, you know? So that's, that's really the thing that you have to check yourself on. Let's see, I have another question. Let's see. You are active as a community chair of one of the committees for MCBA. I have contemplated joining that myself. What do you have to say about MCBA? So nothing but great things to say about MCBA. <laughs> the, the, the medical, medical committee I was on actually it, it was it was dissolved, but but just because it was you know we couldn't really coordinate our schedules, but um, like the work they're doing overall as, as a, an organization is just great. So nothing but you know great things to say about them. Um, I've, I've you know worked with them from I think 2017 to like uh, like early 2020. Um, or early, late 2019, I think, but, you know, the, the, the group there um, is, is great. Yeah, I have to look into it. I, I think there's a high barrier to entry. I think the membership is pretty high. Um, that was one of the things that I was thinking about. So, so what's the goal then for Presto Doctor, you know, like next couple years, you know, in terms of number of patients that you hope to see and how things might change? So goal for us, like just overall goal is to grow the company as, as big as possible, but, but more so to give access to patients. Like we want to grow because we want to be able to give patients access. So like right now we're in eight states, the goal in five years is to be in all the U.S. markets that we can possibly be in. Mm -hmm. um, there's some exceptions, like some states like Florida, for example, right now still has outdated telemedicine laws. So you can, you you know, get a car, but you can't, just can't talk to a doctor about it online. Colorado, same is so some states are are changing um but it's still a lot of outdated laws but in, in addition to that um launching other telemedicine services that we can like utilize we have this platform right now it's you know we've, we've gone through a lot of changes and it's pretty much perfected for what we do in cannabis right now but we want to be able to use that in other industries as well so so definitely looking into that and, and then also just anything international we can do uh germany's the, the largest market outside of california um, so looking at some international expansion as well, Australia, like as well. So possibly states that speak, well, sorry, countries that speak English first because right. integration is way easier. And then potentially looking at countries like Germany. Well, I was in Berlin a couple of years ago and everybody spoke English, you know? So, I mean, it's us that doesn't speak anything. Yeah, I was in Prague and I was in Berlin and everybody spoke English, you know? So, um, okay. 
So um, I want to know about another one of your projects that I noticed, this New Guinea singing dog thing. I want you to tell me about that. Well, I'm sorry. New which, Guinea singing dog. New, refresh me on that. I'm not familiar. <laughs> so you have a uh, token. You have a, a digital coin. Don't you call the New Guinea singing dog? Oh no, no, sorry. That, that, I mean, I wish I had a, I wish I had a digital currency. The way things are going up to the moon, but uh, <laughs> I invest in some, but I, I don't. I don't own one, unfortunately. No, oh, I thought that was you because I was trying to figure out. Um, yeah, well, maybe it's one of your partners, but it's listed under your name. The new New Guinea singing dog is a oh, digital perfect. coin. Okay. And um, so I wondered, you know. I see people making their own coins, like, um, but I don't understand how, I don't understand how it works in the ecosystem. If you make your own coin, how can you translate that to something that is like a Bitcoin or something that everybody else is using? I don't understand that. Yeah, it's one of those like well, so the the guy I don't, I don't know him, I don't know him personally, but met him through Clubhouse as well. A guy named Jesse, um, he um, I th he's one of the social social equity applicants in California. Uh, I think he's based out of Oakland. Um, he's been doing some really cool stuff with cryptocurrency and launching coins. Um, I don't know like the intricacies of it, but I mean what he's doing looks pretty cool. And he's what look what looks like he's raised a lot of money so far. But it pretty much like the way they do it now, it's kind of like they have sites, kind of like you, you can kind of build your own website kind of thing. Right. Like Squarespace or Wix, they have kind of build your own cryptocurrency kind of things now. So um, you can kind of, you know, get on one of those. And uh, the, the, the hardest thing is getting adoption, getting people to use your coin and having a reason to use your coin. Like like Dogecoin was like, it was a joke. And so it just made a lot of money. It kind of was a joke. Like Bitcoin, Ethereum, like other, other coins can like have use cases that you can do buy things with them or do certain things with them. So. Right. Yeah, no, I missed that whole Doge thing. I was not on Robinhood or paying attention. I wasn't on Reddit either to know, to catch the run. So, you know, just greedy, you know, and pigs normally get slaughtered. So I'm glad, I guess I didn't, you know, get in. So, okay, I, um, what, tell me about angel investing. What kinds of things are you interested in as an angel investor? Sure. So I got into angel investing just because I noticed how hard it was for um, as myself as a founder of color to raise money to get those conversations. So I wanted to just kind of like my way of giving back, but also like strategically giving back. So um, I invest in black and brown owned startups. Um, thus far, it's been two investments. Um, one company is called Grain. Their website is TryGrain. Dot com. Um, they're on the financial services side. They graduated from Y Combinator a couple of years ago. And what they do is they make it easy for people to access credit and, and also kind of help you build your credit while you just use your regular debit card for normal spending. So it helps boost your, um, your overall credit. Um, and then the other company that I'm invested in is called eStyler. Um, the problem that they're solving is that about 40% of returns when you buy clothes online, those, those are returned. And so their um, technology allows you to like, you know, scan your body from distance. And then when you go on these websites, let's say you go to gap.com, you're able to see like, all right, this shirt probably fits me. I need this size probably in this shirt because this is how this is kind of how it's measured. 
And so it kind of helps alleviate some of those returns because sometimes online shopping can be difficult. And also a lot of people don't make those returns. So saves the company, you know, like, like, like money, saves customer money. Right, right. Yeah, I actually have bought more online than ever in my life. And half the time I don't return because it's just a hassle to do it, particularly with things that are coming from China, you know, where the photography is fantastic, the fabric comes, it, the fabric just does not meet standards whatsoever. You know, it may be the latest style, but it, it just doesn't work. And you can buy two of the same thing and they will not be the same size, even though they're supposed to be. But, you know, if it takes six weeks to get it, then, you know, how are you going to get it back? Yeah. You know, you will have forgotten about it for that. So, all right. I, um, I think that that helps me understand who you are, how you got into telemedicine. You didn't tell me what you're thinking about though, in terms of new projects. I know you're going to build this one out, but what area of the cannabis arena are you kind of looking at now with interest? Uh, so the uh, other industry I'm, I'm looking at is, is, is related to cannabis plant medicine, but, but I think that just kind of what I'm seeing the next opportunity is gonna be is in psychedelics. That's kind of what, what I'm really kind of eyeing next. Obviously, continuing to expand in cannabis, but but I think that's some ways that we can kind of incorporate uh, psychedelics and, and still be on brand yeah. as a doctor. Yeah. I, I, what I don't understand, I mean, I know it's legal in Oregon and a couple other places, but what I don't understand is uh, are doctors actually, I mean, I knew that psychiatrists maybe were recommending it sometimes with patients or shamans, you know, I know people, but I didn't know if in traditional medicine, um, but I guess if it becomes legal, they'll figure out a way to do it. And you already have a setup for it. So that could work too. You it's know? one of those things too, kind of like the question you, you just asked is that's my, my biggest, uh, I guess, research project right now is figuring out like how to roll it out and, and, and like you say, who is the person that's giving the instruction? Is it a doctor? Is it a shaman? Is it a like like a guide? And it's like, how do we like obviously with doctors, you you can certify a doctor, you can interview them about certain things, but it's like a shaman or like someone that doesn't technically hold a license but may have a lot of experience. Like like like, like how do you qualify them? So that, that's kind of something I'm I've been researching and figuring out. Would seem to me that you have to move over kind of into, you know, the wellness space, you know, the healer space, you know, where there are more protocols that are accepted. I mean, when I've done interviews for print, sometimes I run into people or I know people who have, you know, who see shamans regularly for trips. And then of course there are people who know, it's just, I mean, they know what to do. They know what, how to medicate themselves, you know, or or they're not afraid to over-medicate themselves, you know? So, yeah. You know, it's interesting too on that kind of on the over-medicate uh, uh, comment, because obviously you can take a lot of shrooms and, and psilocybin and like have a, a, a crazy trip. But the craziest thing that, that I've realized is that it's actually lower on, on the risk scale than cannabis. So, oh, is that right? And obviously, you know, you can't overdose on cannabis, but like, you know, so it's definitely interesting. So then I wonder, then why do people, why do people, well, people who talk about it, who are not young, 
like Michael Pollan talks about he and his wife and their experience with mushrooms. And so they had a guide. So there was somebody there with them, I guess, to keep them from or when they were going to freak out or, or whatever, you know, or if they were going to freak out. So. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those like it's because it's, it's, it's such a new thing. They just recommend that when you do it, at least the first couple of times, because you don't know how you're going to respond. Like you, you might because, you know, you really go on a, like a mental trip. So you might see something, you might hear something. I, you know, I heard people that, you know, uh, uh, you know, you, you, a gentleman that, that did nine grams said he, he met his future kids. So, so it's, <laughs> you never know what you're going to see, who you're going to see. And so I think the, the guy helps you kind of stay balanced. They've been through before. Right. They, they can show you don't do nothing crazy. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, it's like 45 years since I tried a mushroom. So I have no idea. I probably would trip at this point. I've lived so long that stuff would be scaring me. So, so all right, I want to thank you for making time for me. I am going to um, get this together to upload it. I think it's really important that people hear your message, that people understand that there's a way for them to, uh, if they want to be to have an experience where they can be guided in the process that telemedicine is one that might be better for them than say the face-to-face -face that I had here in New Jersey. And I mean, which is not to say the guy, my doctor is a bad guy, but I mean, he's doing a job, you know? It is, he's not, I'm not really under his care. So, you know, it's kind of a hands-off situation. And it's a bad situation, really, because my internist, she also has her hands off. So, you know, it's nice to have some place where, um, you know, the person will give you a treatment plan and give you uh, some indication about uh, cultivars that might be appropriate for you. Like, at least that sends you off with a feeling that uh, somebody has paid attention to you. Yep, and, and that's a great point. And, and you know, the other thing that I'll throw in too is we do free follow-up appointments. So anyone has an appointment, they have questions, any follow-up is free, so it, or, or included, I guess. But you, you know, you, you mentioned having the appointment at home. It's like you, you're so much. I don't know about you, but it seems like you were so much more open. A lot more patients are a lot so much more open because they're home. No one, you know, can overhear them. They're just having a conversation with the doctor, and you know, you have your list of questions, and you, you're just like, you, you, you're just comfortable because you're in your own space. So telemedicine is really good for that. Right. That's true. That's true. So, all right. Thank you, Rob, for making time for me. Um, hopefully, for I appreciate the invite. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. I'm glad that you made time for me and going to get this out to the public. So, all right, cool. if you have any more questions, you know, follow ups or anything, just feel free to hit me up. So, best place to find you? Um, either, either Instagram, well, um, prestodoctor.com is our website, and the social media is at Presto Doctor everywhere besides Instagram is at Presto Doctor underscore official. Um, so check us out. All right. I'll put it into the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us today. Pass the word. Share the love. Like, subscribe, tell a friend can't wait to talk to you again on the next episode. Thank you.